Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Let's get straight to business today. We all love our cars, don't we? But some more than others and people love to have a nice car and a car they can drive down the road in and show off. You know what I'm talking about. But a car is very important as well to many families to get about for work, etc. But the theft of cars is big business as well and all type of cars and it's become more sophisticated even though the security systems on board our cars are getting better and better all of the time we heard a little story recently about a car being stolen in remarkable circumstances and following on from it i'm delighted to welcome to the show dave robinson hello dave Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for talking to me. Look, at the story we heard is, just to fill listeners in, was of a person we know who uh, was at home and uh, in the early hours of the morning, their car drove away from the house. They were all in bed. They were alerted out of the beds, too late, gone. Uh, Didn't know how the car was taken, what had happened, but subsequently they learned they had keyless entry and there is a way of uh, mimicking or stealing that identity from the key. Tell us more about that will you Dave? Yeah now Jerry, we're only seeing this probably in the last couple of years here but it's been big in the UK for the, 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 the really experts over there are taking any of them cars so the way keyless entry, keyless start works is these are the cars that you can get into and you don't, you, you don't need your key to put into a physical ignition you basically sit in the car, press a button and the car starts. Mm. Now, for those to actually work, it's a keyless signal. So that means the, the key has to give a signal to the car. When the key, car sees the key, signal from the key, it will allow it to start. Now, the problem with that is when that signal is out there in the air, so to speak, it can, it can be basically grabbed, it can be uh, relayed, or it can just be held. And that's the technology that them lads are using to take that. They, they have the technology that they can come up to your front door or around the house. You've, you've probably seen videos on YouTube where they'd be moving around the house, it's usually mm. a two-man job. One guy will be around the front of the house walking around trying to, as I said, catch the signal of your keys in the house and he'll be then relaying it or, or, or transmitting it then to the guy who's at the car. When that all happens, basically, the car starts as if your key is present and it's you, you coming out to the car and that will leave it that they can drive away with your keys still in the house. They'll just drive away in the car and usually you won't hear anything until the next morning because they haven't physically broken into the house but that will be the method how they would be taking the, the keyless start, keyless entry cars. 
So there's no more breaking in, robbing keys from uh, hall stands or tables in hallways or anything like that. This is a sophisticated operation. So in other words, the car I've come up to work in today is where I I go out and it beeps as I approach the car. I sit in, I sit the car, the key down in in the centre console. I I hit the start, away it goes. And as I come into studio here, uh, take the key with me, it beeps behind me. I, I can be cloned. That car, that key can be cloned. Exactly, and they don't have to do it like at the house. What they can do is they they can do it when you're in a petrol station or whatever. They can basically grab that signal, so their their key their 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 device will hold that key, so they can come up to that car at a later stage. It depends how much technology they have, but but by by, by no means you'd be underestimating thinking they haven't got it. Like the technology they have is that they're so far ahead of the game with what they have, and it's expensive the equipment they have, but it does work. And they tend to specialise like when they get a car that they're they're familiar with, the likes of BMWs. They do tend to go to town and then you, you see a load of BMWs going missing on, like around the country because mm. it's that kind of thing. When they get one, it, it's all the same. You know, there will be cars that will be easier to catch than yep. others. So, it, but, but, but like that, when, when, when they know what they're doing, they, they, they really run with it. So, Dave, if I'm as well, just another scenario I'm thinking of here, if I'm out for a meal and I'm sitting in a restaurant and my key is in my pocket or sitting on the table beside me, is it open to be cloned and copied then? Some vehicles are. Now, I personally believe manufacturers haven't done enough to combat this because I think the keyless entry has set cars back probably 10 years, I suppose. As a convenience feature, it works, but as a security feature, it's bringing it back. Some keys now that the manufacturers have designed, the key will actually go asleep. What that means mm. is that when you put it down, I think maybe seven or eight minutes, that, that key will stop transmitting. So at that point, there's nothing they can do. They would have to go back to the other methods, a key in the letterbox or, or coming into the house at a worst-case scenario. Yeah. But we're, we're seeing more now. They, they don't really want to break into the house, but that's, I think that's a different level of crime. Class, mm. Whereas they can do this from the outside. But as you said, it depends on the car. You can always check with the main dealers and stuff like that where the car came from and see does yours have that. I know some of the newer stuff, the keys will knock off. And that, that, that is a, a start that they're, they're starting to address this. But it's been going on for years. Like people coming out just seeing their cars gone, they still have their keys and yeah. no one really knew how they were doing it. Like, and Dave, you know, uh, that's an interesting remark you make there. With all the advances in manufacture and they say cars are safer, on the security end, you think it's gone backwards. Now, you better tell us and let our listeners know, yeah. how do we counteract this? What can we do to prevent the uh, the key being cloned or copied or the signal uh, grabbed from it? Yeah, well, just go back to what you said there, Jerry. Like, but the manufacturers have come on so much with the technology. They brought immobilizers into cars. And that stopped a lot of joyriders. And basically, you couldn't get into the car hotwire. That, that, that level of crime, that was gone. They just couldn't do it. But that's when the guys had to find another way. And that's when they went to cloning the key as opposed to kind of hotwiring the car. That was mm. the technology to get around it. But there, there are plenty of things that you can do. Like, there are, like I'm seeing now more as well, insurance companies are insisting on tracking devices. They did, tracking devices do have good, good records for getting cars back. Uh, it's in the insurance company's interest as well to have them, so you have a good chance with that. We, we do an awful lot of immobilizers and stuff like that, so the immobilizers we do would, would, would basically mean that even if they steal your keys or they actually have your key, they can't start, I would say, without putting in a code and stuff like that. So there are ways to secure it. Uh, I've often heard, like, if people don't want to go and spend the big money and stuff on it, there are ways you can do it quite simply. Like, like it, it might sound primitive, but going back to the likes of the lock and chain and stuff on cars, that does work. It, w- it will slow them down. I know people are people have probably haven't seen a chain on a car in years, but that steering lock, stuff like that, it, it is happening in the UK. The likes of Range Rovers are going missing. And if you do a Google, you see them coming up with the with the, the pictures of the steering locks back on them. You, you, yes. can always make, you, you can always make it difficult for them. 
And then the one that you've probably heard, you might think it's a myth or whatever, putting the keys in a biscuit tin in the house, it's, it's not completely secure, but it does make it harder for them to get the signal. Like, it's basically dulling down the signal on the keys. But the only advice I do give to people with that when they say, oh, look, I'll put my keys in the biscuit tin, be careful where you leave your spare keys, because a lot of people leave their spare keys probably up on their dressing table. And when these guys are looking for the signal, it's a straight line. So your, your, your dressing table could be as close to the car as your front door as such. So if you're doing that, make sure your spare key is safe as well, because they, they just need a signal from either of the keys to do it. OK, I'm laughing here because our Louise, she's always hiding the biscuits and the treats on the children. <laughs> so I'd say her car is safe and sound. To all yeah. potential thieves out there, there is no point in going after our Louise's car. But you know what I'm laughing at here? I yeah. can remember when I got my first car, a little mini, SIY211. was the first car in our family. And you talk about the lock and chain from the pedal to the steering wheel. And then yeah. you see, Dave, we got sophisticated. And I'm looking at them here on my phone as I speak. You know yeah. the one uh, that... the, the the hook on each end, one on the steering wheel and one on the pedal. They're still, yeah. they're still used. They, like, like we we do a lot of high tech stuff. Like our stuff will be basically yeah. combating the higher end technology. Not everyone wants that. And some people just want a chain. A chain is effective. Like I, I believe that these guys are always looking for the easy one. So if you can make your car that bit harder, like get down to where you're parking it, the chain on it. Like okay, they, there are ways around the chain and stuff like that. But it's gonna slow them down. Like nine times out of ten, when these guys are taking the car, if you do happen be lucky enough to catch them on camera they're gone in a couple of minutes mm. but they don't want to be in the car trying to cut chains cut the wheels they're not doing that so yes. like you, you, you can make it you, you don't need someone like myself maybe to come and secure them but you can do your own things which will definitely which will definitely put the odds back in your favour you know yeah so put the key into the biscuit tin or into something else with a good metal surround and that will help yeah. from it being cloned and you're not against I'm, I'm looking at it here god I had them for years used to pull it tight from the pedal to the steering wheel and lock it that'll slow them as well that's a good tip but from your point of view you do this auto watch ghost immobiliser um, the, the thing you mentioned there about you know a tracking device would it not be better for manufacturers to put a tracking device in all their cars a lot of cars will come with them. Like, well, I would do a lot of high-performance yes. cars, and a lot of them come they with have them. fit tracking. Yeah. But the problem with that is, like, if you're buying one, say, I keep saying BMW, just for example, BMW. Yeah. The tracking <laughs> He's on commission, all, he's on commission. Go on. They're, they're all going to be in the same place. So, like, if, if the guys know how to take them, they'll know where the trackers are and stuff like that. So that's where the likes of an aftermarket specialist comes in. We would do every tracker in a different location, spend a bit of time trying to hide it in the car as well. So it's all about basically securing it in layer. So it, it tra- like a, a tracker is only as good as I, I would think the person is installing it. So it's got to be fitted well. It's got to be hidden as well to keep to basically to, to keep it safe in the car so they're not going to find it. Like, mm. uh, Question for you, because it is yes. something that's come up uh, around our neck of the woods, especially uh, recently I hear on the south side of Drogheda, out East Mead there, the theft of catalytic converters. Do, do you cover off that? Yeah, what what you can do with that? Like we're we're seeing that as well. Like you seem to get spurts, and I haven't seen one in a couple of weeks. But then again, again, they'll, they'll go on a go, go on a tirade nearly taking them. The likes of that. Now you have to check. Like a lot of the cars, the likes of the Toyotas, the Priuses, any of the hybrid cars, because of the uh, because of the emissions in them, their their catalytics are worth like catalytic converters are worth more because they're cleaner, the quality of them is better. So they're all big targets for them. A lot of people don't realise that the alarm systems that they have won't, the majority of alarms won't detect the car being jacked up. Like you might go, I have an alarm, but it's worth checking again. Maybe go out with your jack someday, lift the car up in the air a little bit and see if the alarm goes off. If it doesn't, you might want to consider the likes of a lift or a tilt sensor. That would basically mean if they do jack the car up, it'll, it'll sound the alarm, the horn will go, it'll bring a lot, of, a lot of attention to them. And that's what 
these guys don't want. They want to get in, get the part and go. But that's what a lot of people don't realise. Your alarms probably don't cover that. So that's where you'd be looking mm. at maybe upgrading the alarms to it. Yes. Because you can also get, uh, I know a lot of mechanics do them as well. They do like a catalytic converter shield. So basically that bolts up and that stops them. When they get under the car, they just look and they can't actually remove the cat. So it's, it, it, it's, it's safe in that way. So there's different ways to, to do it, but yes. to keep the car safe. But the likes of the catalytic converter, we, we, we've seen cars being rolled off with it because they're, they're so expensive to replace. Like I think, I, mm. I wouldn't imagine the guys robbing them or getting that much money for them. But for you to replace them yes. and go through the insurance company, they're very, very expensive. Mm. It's, the, it's the material in them that is so expensive. Yes. I actually heard it's more expensive. Or it's worth more than gold at times, the, mm. the, the metals that are in it. Mm, and that's, and, and that, that's why they're targeting them. There's no doubt, and it is mightily expensive if yeah. you uh, if you're the subject to a crime like that. The other thing is, like from all you're saying to me here, obviously you know manufacturers, you know, install a level of security in all of their yeah. cars, and especially the high end uh, for sure. But there's a lot more. Your message today is there's a lot more can be done. Absolutely, like this. I, I didn't want to come on and try and push off. I like, know there, there are other ways you can do it, but yeah, like the, like from my point of view, like even now I'm seeing it with people that have had cars that are sold, and like car values have gone up. Like if you if you bought your car last year, it's probably worth more this year. And I'd always say to people, even if you have an agreed value from your insurance company and the car is stolen, God forbid, you, you go and put the claim in, even with a full payout agreed value, you probably can't replace the car. So it's it's, it's not really even worth the hassle and the heartache. So to maybe spend a few bob keep your car safe and then when you go out in the morning it's there like I, I, I do believe we have the technology now to keep the car safe and stop them from taking them so it's, it may, may, maybe not everyone wants to do it but it, it, it is a sound it, it, it's a small money in the total investment on the car to keep it safe I think Yes uh, listener I have a click button on the key to open the car is that keyless Jerry? That's not keyless no that would be ba- that's basically remote sensor yes. lock it. But yep. with them as well, I've seen in the likes of shopping centres and stuff like that, usually around Christmas time and stuff like that, and it's probably good advice for your, for your listeners, that when they walk away from the car, be sure that the car locks. Because what happens is the guys, when they were taking stuff out of cars and car parks, people were walking away and they were hitting their zapper. But the zapper wasn't working because these guys had jammers in the area and they were basically pressing their buttons. So when you pressed yours, it wouldn't get the signal to the car. You'd walk away and your car would be open. And these guys would then be able to go into your car and route through it. So... If you have those ones, be sure that when you walk away from the car, hit it a couple of times, make sure it locks. Make sure you see your lights flash so you know the car has actually locked and secured itself. And on the basic safety, it's madness leaving things on view in a car. Or for guys, you know, I know tradesmen who, you know, their van is their workplace. They carry a lot of expensive equipment in them and they're certainly targeted. You've seen this, I'm sure, from time to time. Vans all the time. And it's it's not big money to secure the vans. Like when you think, like I've seen guys and their livelihood's gone, like the vans are empty because... It, the price of a good drill, maybe a drill and a saw, could be the price of an alarm and maybe locks on the van. Like, like there's, there's no real excuse. If you have a van, they are out there, they're breaking into them, and it's not worth it coming out in the morning and finding your stuff gone. It's easier, secure, do what you can at the start. And as I said from earlier, they're always looking for the easy ones. You can secure your van, do it right, they'll move on to the next one. There's always an easier one for them down the road, and I do believe that's what they're looking for. It's always easy. The, the soft ones, the ones that aren't locked, the ones that aren't alarmed, where you do it right, 
and you do stand a chance with them, you know. Mm, and an outlay uh, to preempt and prevent is far more preferable than having to replace, as you say, what is, you know, a, a livelihood for somebody and a lot of exactly. money involved as well. So lots to talk about there and the basics, the bad lock and chain, the old-fashioned lock from the pedal yeah. to the wheel, don't leave stuff on display, make sure you lock your car and there's lots of uh, additions you can bring uh, to the security as well. Your business is what? DR Security, is it? DR Car Audio and Security, yeah. I'm on, I'm on all the social media channels. You can find me on that. Good. DR Car Audio and Security. Dave's your man. You've been brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Take care. Thank Take you. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Dave Robinson there. He knows his stuff, I can tell you. He really does. But imagine, you know, you're in bed and you get up in the morning and your car's gone or your van with all your gear in it. Or you might hear something and you jump up and it's too late. And the way they can clone it now and copy it. But they can be beaten and deterred for sure. Louise, I was watching by accident last night. I was half asleep after me dinner. <laughs> you know, like an old dog ate the dinner and go <laughs> asleep. But anyway, Lima Mwainly was on. Keys of Life, I think, is the name of the programme. Brendan Courtney, you know, brings them back to the places yeah, yeah. they grew up and Jesus Liam lived (laughs) in so many houses honestly but it's a real irony because news just breaking isn't there yeah um, the member of the Hothouse Flowers Leo Barnes he was played the saxophone for 13 years and he's died ah yeah sorry to hear that because they featured them you know in the show on and off last night as well and the wonderful success they actually had oh that's really sad now to hear that but anyway we're going to head to two uh, remembering Leo and uh, the wonderful times that Hothouse Flowers flowers enjoyed. And funny, watching Liam last night on TV, a little bit of an irony there for mm-hmm. sure. I remember seeing them in the Ardboyne Hotel Did you? years ago. Yeah, Did they were you? great. Ah, yeah, they were something else. They Great were stage re- presence. Yeah, he was, he, was tell- he was talking on the show last night. I think they were on the road for seven years. He wasn't home for seven years. <laughs> no wonder he lived in and, so many no, and, yeah, yeah, he lived <laughs> everywhere, to be honest with you. Anyway, coming up after two on Late Lunch, Lisa Smith is here. She's a fashion consultant with M&S. She's simply brilliant. And she's going to have a chat with us about all the latest trends in fashion, ladies. That coming your way after news and weather at two o'clock. But taking us there, it is... The fabulous hot house flowers. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. We were speaking to Dave Robinson, top of the show, about car security. And uh, Sean's been on to us. Thanks, Sean, to say, I have a keyless start car. And each night I have a big chain wrapped around the steering wheel and locked to a bar under the seat. And and that's a point uh, that Dave was making to us. You might think it's rudimentary, crude, old fashioned but it slows them down for sure. Thanks for your message uh, on that one to us on late lunch this afternoon. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, on my social media feeds, she appears regularly and she's doing a fantastic job at MS in Drogheda, known as Lisa, the fashion lady. Lisa Smith, welcome back to late lunch. Oh, thank you so much, Jerry. A pleasure as always. Thank you. you. I'm good. And yourself. Well, my God almighty, how do you fit it all into the hours? There's only 24 hours in the day, Lisa. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really cramming all your feet, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> You're fantastic. But I'll tell you why. It's because it's selling so fast. So normally I would try and get a photo up four times in the week. But when you put something up and things are selling with the bright colours, you just have to put mm. it up before it sells and let them see 
exactly yes. the fit and style before they buy. Now, you work with M&S primarily, yes, in the Lawrence Centre in Drogheda? I do, yeah. And you put up these wee... Am I seeing them on TikTok or Instagram where you invite us to join you in the store and you do a run round and you pick up this, that and the other and then all of a sudden, by miraculous means, you're wearing what you've gathered. It's on you. Tell us the, 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 the thoughts behind this and how that's working for you. This one has just really took off. So we basically just said we wanted to see what people love and from coming in they're like we love that you're an insider and you're doing the work but I'd love to see the clothes and sometimes when I'm coming into Drogheda I'd like to see exactly what's in store so my main role for them is online as well as store Mm. so I decided on a Friday and Saturday that I'm going to just focus on our store because I can show them exactly what we have and then exactly how it looks on so I'll try and in that one reel do a daytime and nighttime look and you've only got 60 seconds to do it, but they're loving it. So, mm. so, so far to date, um, the one I done four weeks ago has 80,000 views. Wow. And that's amazing because, like, the population of Drada is 34. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to beat the population aloud on that one. <laughs> you certainly are. And I ain't surprised because they're uh, they're really, you know, uh, they draw you in. And, and, and you're actually seeing, as you said, what's in the store and how it looks on somebody. What's your uh, primary uh, platform when you think across social media? Where are you getting the most hits or looks? So... I would say now how you get the hits and the looks is basically this has I've I've already got 2000 followers in the space of four weeks with these new reels. So I'm hoping that this is kind of my platform now. Yeah. This is what people want to see. So I'm going to focus on doing a lot more of them. So when I was over in um, our Cork store, that's what they were basically saying. Just keep going with what's working. So mm. and a lot of a lot of our um people like love to see things on yes. like if you go into a shop like you want to see the colour and then it's just like they're saying oh, can I really wear them two bright colours together mm. and when you see them looking good on people you say you know what that actually works mm. so I can't hide it and I have a lot of people like there was a lovely girl in me last week and she said to me oh I don't think I could do that because of my age and I was like age is but a number mm. like if you feel comfortable in what you wear like, why wouldn't you wear it? Like, yes, you know? Yes. And I think the days of we put this away because of winter, summer is gone. Mm. You'll find people are buying an autumn dress with short sleeves and they can wear it through summer because the lovely bright colours are in it. Just pop on a nice blazer. Yes. And they're good to go. So I'm focused there on a Friday and Saturday now. And basically, what I can do for everybody is I can, like, talk you through what you'd like or what suits you. Yes. So with the reels, like, you know, if people want to hand on, can I wear this? Or like, that's what I'm there for. Like, you know, because your jeans are all different styles and fits. Mm. And I have a nice little bit of knowledge now. So, ah, indeed, you have. have <laughs> Not a <laughs> nice little bit. Jerry. Loads, loads of knowledge. Again, just to quickly on the platform, are you, are the reels, is it Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, where? So I post the reels on my Marks and Spencer Ireland page. So that's yes. Marks and Spencer Ireland underscore Lisa. Right. And, and how do I see them then? Because they come in on some feeds to me now. You're talking because to someone. You're following me on Instagram. So, I see. I see. And you're probably following both my pages. So on the Lisa Fashion page, because um, we work for a brilliant town, like people have gifted me so much stuff. Like, so yeah. I work with like Orla for like, let's say she keeps my skin in order. And then I'm affiliating with Bellamy and Tan. So um, I'm very blessed now that I got them to roll yes. through what I do. 
Yeah. So it's all about sticking to, to what works for you. Yes. And so w- what happens is you uh, 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 do the reel at the high level with MS and then it feeds out into the various social media platforms. And, yeah. anyone and then the Lawrence Centre would take yeah. it. And then obviously the Martin Spencer draw the page would take it. So. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's why you're, you're, you're getting all over yeah. the place with all those links and, and all that's the people. I, I hope, that's why you're fed up looking yeah. at me, Derry. <laughs> Never be fed up, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Now, come here, you mentioned a few things there I want to just focus in on. Jeans. Now, skinny jeans, flares, boot cuts, wide legs, boyfriend, baggy. What, what, what's what's really cool? No, what's cool? What's number one there? Okay, so everybody's body shape is different. So the mum jeans are huge. So... Between the mum and the boyfriend, if you wanted to wear that new look that's in. So with the boyfriend and mum jeans, they're high-waisted. They would pull in on the waist, but they'd go out a little bit, but not too flary. Mm. So can everybody wear them? Well, not necessarily, because obviously, like with your body shape, it would have to suit your body shape. But what we can do is we still have the high-waisted and the skinny. So if you're shorter, we probably put the skinny on you. And then I find not just a lot of young people. I know I said anybody can wear... But you don't have to be young to be whatever size, you know. Yes. So if them jeans suit you, why mm. not wear them? Mm. So skinny skinny is still very popular? Skinny oh. is, and you know what's huge now is the old style back in the basic rollers. Your flared jeans are all back. And they're actually worn just below the knee in a three-quarter length as well. So I have a lot of customers coming in saying, all I have to do was put away a suitcase from from the 80s and I'd be good to go. <laughs> Louise is after throwing her arms up in the air as I, as you mentioned there, flares. Why, why, Louise? I'm about to get them out of my wardrobe. <laughs> there you go, I you didn't see. put them yeah. away in a suitcase. They're there in front of me in the wardrobe. They're back. <laughs> back to the bag, Louise. I'm going to wear and them tomorrow. Kind of all that kind of hipster look and um, trousers back, the bell-bottom trouser and all your um, colourful tops. Like, you know, all the pattern tops are mm. back. Yeah, all the oh yeah, all the pinstripe kind of mad colour tops. Yeah, so mm. if you're walking all the high streets here in Drada, you'll see all the shop windows will be just just filled with all this with your with your flared leg and your bright colours. It's great to see though. Mm. Are they very flared at the minute, or are they just you know the way kind of mid and then they get tend to get well, Charlie's denim, angels? In, we've ish. yeah, no, in two denims we have a really really lovely flared um, Charlie's angel look now. They're they're really nice. Mm. Mm. Louise is delighted you see because you see she, Louise is someone who who <laughs> uh, holds on to our fashion pieces and they come in and out you know what I'm talking about Lisa that you know what I mean of course yeah like you have your staples that will never go out of fashion your denim jacket your leather jacket and your jeans but it is good to hold on to stuff why mm. not <laughs> mm. and what about blazers are blazers making a comeback blazers oh Jerry that's one of my favourite fashion pieces so I obviously am very blessed to get the clothes off feminist, but I have like all the colours in the blazer. A blazer, like you could come home and then say, okay, I'm going to head out for a few hours for dinner. And you could just have a pair of jeans on you. All you literally have to do is change into a pair of heels, put your blazer on and you're good to go. That's and what I love about a blazer. And what are you talking about in colours? What, what, what's the, the, the favoured coloured range? That Pastels? Pastels, but pastels, you see, which are neutral tones. That's that's a, that's a look, thing I'd love to... That's tonal dressing. So if you're tonal dressing, basically you're sticking with all the one colour in what you wear. Mm. So if you came up to me, even yourself, Jerry, with a knitted jumper, <laughs> and you said to me, OK, Lisa, I want to keep this toned. What shall I do? What will I team it with? And I'll say, come on over here, Jerry, and I'll get you a nice pair of caramel chinos. 
that'd be gorgeous with that. But you can also tonal dress like if you had a nice lemon shirt, you yes. could go with it with a with a kind of lighter pair of bottoms and that would be lovely. So that's known as tonal. Mm. But the colour that's big even for the ladies this year, I was I'm just back from Lanzarote and I got a gorgeous it was like a green dress, but it's real vibrant. So the, the vibrant green is back. And I see Cerise Pink is big in with us as well this year again. And your lemon will always, yes. always be there. I had my lemon on for Easter and work this weekend. Or last weekend, sorry. Mm. And, and um, you know, I, I was in the store and you were busy the other day. I waved at you. I don't think you saw me, but I was going in to get me food, Lisa. I'll, I'll have to oh, give you a shout for the... For, always come over to I will. Me. I'll have to give you a shout for the fact that I need a little bit of help there, of course. Um, but uh, I, what struck me was the vibrancy of the colours. Ah, oh, really? Yeah, you see, it lifted your spirit. That's what yeah. I say. Like, even look at the fabulous day out there today. Now, if you were to see somebody walking in nice, bright colours, it definitely lifts your spirit. So, mm. and it is contagious when I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, it's a thing, you know, I don't have to remind you. Generally in Ireland, we were pretty, you know, uh, toned down when it came to colours. I don't want to say dull, but you know what I'm talking about. It was very, you know, the greys and the blacks and the browns and things like that. But jeepers, colour. I love colour, Lisa. I think it, it just is. lifts your mood, doesn't it? Yeah, and I see you out in the garden doing all your lovely. You love being out in there. No, honestly, and it really does lift your mood, Jerry. But you see, do you know what we always did? We played it safe. Yeah. And that's what was wrong in Ireland. You had to play it safe. You were you were tonal dressed as a lady. That's all changed now. Mm. So mm. I always say, if I was to give a number one tip today, it was you hit the nail on the head with the blazer. Get yourself a nice coloured blazer and start slow. And you'll have that. Bring it into your wardrobe. You can wear it with your denims. You can wear it with your flared trousers and you'll, you'll just see like that's one of the first reels I did daytime into nighttime with the blazer yes it's just one now, of my favourite. Now you are an influencer but just before I came on air I noticed again it came up social media uh, Victoria Beckham uh, uh, considered a, a huge fashion icon and influencer as well in a little black number. Now people would say Victoria Beckham a little black number short uh, mini skirt you know they'd say really at that age or is it for any age Lisa? Of course the little black dress that's known as your little sexy number you can't be without your little black dress in your wardrobe everybody needs one and then that's a real fashion piece as well like mm. I, I, I guarantee every lady would have a black dress yes yes um, but the like short that, hemline you, you know the yeah. short hemline as 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 as, as ladies uh, age and you know go from you know you sh- you associate a short hemline with teens 20s maybe going a little bit off in the 30s into the 40s 50s you know what i'm saying am i wrong well for me, I would just have to look at her and I'd be like in awe for what she's wearing right. because she's stunning. So yes, that yes, would yes, be. yes. And like, if it was out of place looking, I might say, oh God, that really doesn't suit you. Mm. But no, like I think that she would, she would entice me and inspire me like yes. anything. Yes, You know, so well, that's, I don't think there's an age, an age limit on anything in okay. fashion. Yes. If it looks good, like, you know, I'm not going to say like if it looks good on you wear it you know and like that I'm very honest as well and that's what a lot of people will say who come to me in Drogheda I won't let you leave the store if I think something's not nice on you and I said this to you before Jerry, when I was on if you went home 
with the jumper and you went home to your wife who sold you that Lisa well I wouldn't be going back to her again (laughs) (laughs) very important yeah Yeah, exactly yeah and honesty 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 is the thing what about dresses in general like I mentioned the mini uh, the mini there all right but in in terms of now spring coming into summer maxi midi what you know what, what below the knee just above the knee what are you talking about no so we have the maxi so I've already invested in three lovely maxis um, floral and they are just literally walking off the shelves in, in our daughter store at the moment and there's a gorgeous orange one that has beautiful colours going through it that's, that's practically sold out like the minute a midi comes in because I don't know if you know the other fashion blogger so sue me she had a blue and white dress on and it was something that she wouldn't normally wear in the midi mm. but it, I think it was I don't know where it was from one of the high streets it wasn't very very pricey but it just sold out completely like so when you see a midi maxi dress on on a gorgeous day like that and you have a nice blow dry in your hair and it, it's just stunning to look at like so yeah. that's big for us as well like would be our midi maxis and with your denim mm. jacket and a nice wedge Louise you mentioned the word Paris to me what are you talking about there Paris Paris Parasuits, is it? No? Power suits. Power suits, yeah, sorry. Power suits I, I, are, my, are my hearing, I need to get waxed. Power <laughs> suits, is that what you're talking about? Power yeah. suits, yes. Yeah. In lovely, again, whites and lemons and, as Lisa said, cerise pinks. Mm. Yeah. We don't have now a lot, but um, I'm noticing like they, they're definitely back, like, you know? Yeah. So, what about you, Louise? What would you tend to go in our, in our denim? Just as, like, if you were in shopping with us for denim, like, would you. Go skinny, or would you wear the the flared? Um, I go skinny at the minute, but when you mention that the flared are back, I'll definitely be trying my wardrobe on tonight <laughs> and hoping that they still fit me. Yeah, and have you tried? Just have you tried the mum jeans? I tried the mum jeans. Um, my daughter has made me try the the mum jeans, and I didn't like them. Did you not? No. Yeah, you see, they're and not I'm for quite everybody. Small, though. Yeah. I am quite small, though. I just find they swamp me. Same as a maxi dress. You have to kind of get the length or else you're you're uh, tripping over yourself. Yeah, 100%. And like that, I've, I've two styles you see in the mum and one of them are quite kind of, they're baggier um, as they go down whereas I have a nice kind of structured pair that are neater on. What time are you there, so. Till? <laughs> <laughs> you, might come, you might come and give me a little visit and we'll have a little. No, there's an offer for you, Louise Walsh, today. She'll be down to you. I'll run her down to you. Don't worry when you're I in there. I love to run see me. people coming in. And you know as well, like um, anybody, like I love doing all the bra fittings and that's back, which is great. Yes. So that was like, it was a struggle for us through lockdown for people, but now mm. it feels so good to be just back and, and yeah. doing what we love. Ah. And Yes. I have to say though, since since this role, and um, you know when you really find yourself in what you do, and they say then you never work a day in your life and you love what mm. you do. That's honestly the way I feel. Ah, good on you, Lisa. <laughs> that is fantastic to hear. Well, look, we're going to leave it there for today. I won't be fitting on the maxi dress myself, <laughs> but I might get down and try the dad jeans. <laughs> you just keep on following me, Jerry. That's enough. <laughs> I will. And I'll just tell them if they want to follow the page, it's Marks and Spencer Ireland underscore Lisa. And you'll see all them lovely reels and lots of tips. And if you have any questions, just message me. I'm always... I'm always active. <laughs> you certainly are. Lisa Smith, thank you. Thanks so much, Jerry. Take lovely care to yourself. You too. Bye-bye. 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 One of the loveliest people you'll ever meet. I mean that. She is just so genuinely warm and honest and really the expertise she's built up now over the years is simply wonderful. Late lunch, LMFM radio still to come on the show. She fed herself 
for seven days on 10 euro. How did she do it? Stay with us. I held on to my 16-hole bubble-toed docks for 30 years, from 30 years ago, says a listener. Now my 14-year-old is wearing them. Isn't that brilliant? We were talking to Elisa Smith about fashion just a few moments ago. Now we move on on late lunch and when we last spoke, she told me how she became debt-free. She's best known as the Caribbean dub, Santis O'Garo. Welcome back to the show. Hiya, Jerry. How are you? I am really, really good. <laughs> and we're going to be joined, I believe, on the other line by your good friend, Ellie Christian from Planning and Finance. Hello, Ellie. You're there? I am here. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us as well. Well, ladies, welcome to the show. Santis, I'm going to start with yourself. Now, Santis, you astounded me the last day, we thought, but I think you've even bettered it now, may I say, because <laughs> you decided to take 10 euro and just 10 euro, go shopping and feed yourself for seven days. Really? Yes. <laughs> it was now, it was four of us in it. So I had company, thank God. It was me, Ellie, um, Catherine and Natasha. Right. And it was it was it was daunting to start, and I think we all if we didn't have each other, we would have thought we were mad all together. But we learned a lot from it, and it actually showed us how privileged we are right now. But actually, it's like a reset, you know, when you do something like that, you're resetting your mind, and you're thinking, oh, okay, there's a tip that I forgot about, or there's something that I should share that will help somebody that maybe isn't on a ten euro a week. Um, meal plan and budget well it's astounding I have to say it really really is now there was some ground oh by the way how many meals did you get out of the 10 euro for 7 days I got 21 meals and then I still have stuff <laughs> left over <laughs> well this, this talk about stretching it but listen there were, there were some rules here for sure what about store cupboard items like that you could add flavour with or sauces or things like that were they a no no Oh, no, they were out. Out? And to be honest with you, I I cook with a lot of spices. Yeah. Uh, I was traumatised. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you lasted. So no spices, no store, store cupboard stuff, nothing no, like that. Um, no. What about when you went to go shopping? You know, the, the, the yellow labels, I know them yeah. in Tesco or the Tesco. I know Tesco-owned brands were probably on, but you know the yellow labels, reduced specials, no. things like that, No. <laughs> No specials. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we had to go in and literally say, and we only could choose one shop because the other girls, like Natasha, um, my budget in life, she's based in Sligo. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been fair on her. I'm based in Dublin, so I have all the shops around me. Yes. And it wouldn't have been, we wanted to make it an even playing field. So we only had to pick one shop. <laughs> okay, so you couldn't, and this is even, all these are restrictions, Santos. You've I been know. very hard on yourselves because <laughs> if you allowed yourself shop around, you could probably do even better. So just, I, I gave it away a moment ago. You chose Tesco. I did. Okay, I what, chose Tesco. what about the lady in Sligo? Where did she go? Um, Natasha, she chose Aldi. Okay. Yes, it was Aldi. Yes. And then the other girl chose Tesco. It was really weird that we all chose there. Right. Um, it was just, I just thought they might have more variety. I just thought it would have been bigger. Yeah. And the Tesco's near me is huge. So I went in with that tactic. Mm. Um, I, I was like, you know what, they might have more. Okay. 
So um, did you then, when you went to Tesco, which I'm very familiar with myself, I'm that familiar, Santis, that if they move things on the shelves, I'm disoriented. <laughs> so that'll just tell you how familiar I am with it. But here's the thing. You're a regular. <laughs> I certainly am. And it's a big one as well. Did you confine yourself then? Because I do know Tesco own brands are there's certainly way more value there. Did you confine yourself to that? Yes, I didn't get, I went right to own brands. So I got, it was good to get own brands now, thank God. But I don't know whether Tesco's would have been the right, I don't know. I'm still thinking there were certain things, like I wanted to get a sweet potato and it was 99 cents in Tesco's. Mm. But I knew that it was 69 cents in Aldi and it was, that's 30 cents. <gasps> when you only have 10 oh. euro, I was like, oh, so oh my I God. didn't end up getting it, you know, but uh, it it kind of threw my meal plan a bit. Um, I mm. did look online, and I know Ellie did that quite a bit before she went. But um, yes, well, was, look, we'll have to allow you that. Let's bring Ellie into the conversation. <laughs> Ellie, you chose Tesco as well. So look, take us on, on on your on your journey. Then, Ellie, did you just go with the tenor and spend it all at once? Well, that's what we had to do. We had one shop right. and we could only shop once in the week. Okay. So we had to go in and spend our tenner all at once. And I was so diligent. I was online to make sure I got the most out of every single cent. And I priced it up in Aldi and Tesco's. I'd done my homework completely beforehand. And for what I wanted to buy for the week to, to do me for all my meals, Tesco ended up coming in about a euro cheaper, which... When we think of nowadays, you'd be like, oh, what's a euro? Yeah. But when you've only got 10 euro to spend, yes. that euro was a lot. Massive, a lot. massive. Yeah. So what did you splash out on? I splashed out on chicken. Did you? <laughs> did you? Really? <laughs> and, um, and two bags. I couldn't do without my cup of tea. <laughs> so, yeah, the tea bags and the milk, that's, that's what I was like rationing throughout the week. That's what I found hard now on what I needed to have. Okay, so the cup of tea with the tea bag and the milk, do you take sugar, no? No. Good. <laughs> Good. And, and look, you buy a chicken. I take it then you made that chicken stretch over a number of days. That chicken lasted seven days. <gasps> I bought a batch of chicken drumsticks for three euro because it was the best value I could get. Yeah. And I made a chicken curry and yeah. that lasted four days and then I had chicken drumsticks with vegetables and potatoes for the other three days. <laughs> <laughs> so chicken drumsticks go a long way, Ellie. I, I don't want to see them. So you never want to see a chicken drumstick again? No, we'll give it a break for a week or two. <laughs> so the chicken, we can say for you for the seven days, underpinned your main meals. It did, yeah. It really helped. And I thought like that it was very versatile that I could do different things with it. Mm. Um, so that's what we were kind of looking at when we were putting the meal plans together. Like, what could you buy that could do different meals so that you could use it a different way? Yes. Because um, that was how we figured get the most uh, value. Mm. So that's your main meal of the day. What what did you have breakfast time? Did you buy bread? I did. I bought the bread. So I think the 75 cents bread is brilliant. And I had that for the week. Okay. I so had toast for the week. Toast? Yeah, like me. And, and did you have a spread in it? Did you have butter or anything on it? I had a bit of butter, yeah. I had to get my butter in too. So I had some butter as well, which was great. Yeah. 
yeah. I'm I'm like Santa's needs all the spices and all the the Caribbean food and all that, and I'm so Irish and plain Jane. I'm like, give me a bit of toast, a bit of butter, a cup of tea, and then. <laughs> so it was great to see how the four of us did different meals. And yes, money were all our different tastes. Yeah. Okay, so you did your toast and your tea in the morning. The chicken underpinned the various dishes as well. What else did you buy that, you know, would deliver protein for you? Had you anything else, big oh, ticket? I got baked beans, and I hadn't had beans in so long. Um, and I fell in love with beans again. Uh, beans and toast and beans and baked potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and had you any luxuries? Had you any bickies or anything? I didn't. I, I was absolutely good. I had got bourbon creams on the list and when I got to the shop, one of the items wasn't there and it cost more money. So the first thing that had to go was <gasps> little bickies. Oh, no. Isn't <laughs> that just a travesty altogether? <laughs> Bad scramps to them. But look, at was it just... It had to be a real test, Ellie, for the week. It was. It was. And as Santos just said there, because the four of us were doing it together... It really made it that we had each other, but like it, it wasn't easy. Yeah. You know, I think the meals that I had were grand for me, um, but like that, it was not having any other choice. Yes. There was no other choice in the house, you know, that we mm. had, and I think that was the hard part of it. Yes. Um, it was coming to the end of it now, we were just dying for something different. Mm. Mm. But by God, for a tenor. Ladies, will you stay there? I want to take a short break. I can't get rid of I don't want to get rid of I'm fascinated by this. Stay there. Folks, these women spent a tenor for over seven days and fed themselves and have lived to tell the tale. Don't go anywhere. We're back in a moment on Late Lunch. Four women, four friends spent €40. Euro, a tenor each over seven days. A tenor, one single tenor. And Ed... <laughs> For seven days off the tenor, fed themselves and got through it. We were talking to Santos O'Garro and Ellie Christian, two of them on late lunch this afternoon. Santos, back to you. What yeah. did you do? Did you, you know, you were helping and we hear that from Ellie. The support of all four for one another, you know, working together. Did you buy the drumsticks too? No, I did not. I didn't have it in my budget. I went, I was on carb heavy because... I can't eat. I don't buy bread from the shop because I have my stomach with the gluten. Mm. So I was like, oh, my Lord. So I was like, if I get porridge, I can make uh, oat flour. Yeah. Um, I could make like little pancakes with bananas in them. So I got, I went to Tesco's and it was one banana, one <laughs> loose banana. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> I was weak by the end of it. Then I was like, if I just had two bananas, but I had eggs then. Right. So, and then I got a packet of mixed veg, which was 53 cents, which was great value because usually I tell people, you know, chop it, chop your veg yourself and freeze it. You know, if you get them yeah. on yellow stickers and such, it's great value. But when you really wanted to get a bit of vegetables in, mm. I said, you know what? I'm going to get me mixed veg. I ended up making like a stir fry with the egg and the rice. And stock cube was the only thing that I had for flavoring. I couldn't even get oil. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to say, that was my favorite meal. I'm thinking like, if you just have decent pans, that egg fried rice with the veg in it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I could halfway go vegetarian, maybe for one day a week now, Jerry. But 
<laughs> so look at well, what did you do for the seven days? Was it fried rice every day for your main no, meal? No, I made fried rice. I had pasta and I yeah. made soup. And another thing that I really loved, I have these big muffin tins that I have at home. Yeah. So I made a soup and I poured them into the muffin tins and froze them and then popped them out. Okay. So every almost like ice cubes. Yes. So I had my portion, and that was something that I found really helpful is to know your portions at the at the end. So I knew straight away if worse came to wor- the worst, I had soup to last me for the week. There like, you, you know, go. For one meal, and. I had a great portion then, mm. but I have to say I was bored. I don't think I'll have soup for a while now as well. Like Ellie, with the, I was going to actually invite Ellie for a barbecue, but she doesn't like chicken now, so you know. <laughs> so you you really underpinned your your ten euro spend yeah. with your mixed veg, your eggs, pasta, some pasta, like broth and as well. rice. Yeah. You know that yeah. was your basics. What do you have? What you, we we heard toast and tea for breakfast uh, with Ellie. What do you take early? on in the day oh my god well you know what I usually have my breakfast about 11 so if I was normally having something here I'd have a smoothie yeah. or I'd make my own bread mm. at home but I couldn't do that because it was just too much <laughs> so I was just basically having porridge and then I made these oat cake omelets kind of things yes. and I kind of had that with the egg so it was basically like Ellie was saying you had one ingredient, I had the, the oats, and then it was like, I have porridge out of that, and then I could whiz that up and make oat flour with the egg and banana and make little pancakes, and I had that, and then I had peaches as well. I bought a tin of peaches, because, Jerry, I love jellies. Right. And I knew I had a headache already, like, day two, because... I when I'm working here, I always have a packet of jellies just to pick at. Okay. So I knew that I needed some sort of sugar, so I made yes. sure I got peaches. I had jam down, but it was too expensive. The peaches was a little bit cheaper, so right. I went for peaches. And I was just having peaches, chopped them up real fine. Some of them I actually froze, so it felt like I was having, you know, almost like an ice pop. Yes. And the syrup, I was adding that into my porridge to make it <laughs> To give it, yes, to give it a bit of sweetness. Did you not, I'm listening to the two of you here, and I'm not thinking, and you said you mentioned your headache by day two or three. Were you yeah. not going out of your head, Ellie, by, by the time the seventh day came? Um, I think day two and day three were probably the hardest. Mm. Because... Day one, your body was like, oh, okay. Day two, your body was like, okay, hang on. Hang on a minute. Where's the food gone? You know, where's the snacks and the sugars? Day two and three were kind of the hardest. Okay. And <laughs> I gotten a bit used to it by the end of the week. But I think that was just because you were like on, okay, it's seven days and it's up. Yes. You know? But, um, yeah, ha- not having the snacks was hard. That I- was... The hardest. It had to I be. Like Santa. Santa's like the jellies. I'd like little snacks as well. Like I'm yes. a big dinner person, so that was hard. The mm. snacky things. That's what was kind of lacking completely. What did it teach you, Ellie? What What's the the message you got out of it? Never to do this again. I take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I signed myself up for it again already. But. Um, uh, it taught me that I could get way more for my money than I thought. Okay. Um, definitely, like, being very intentional with what I was buying 
and how I was doing a meal plan and putting it together, I could definitely make my money stretch that bit further. Yes. Um, where I thought I was good beforehand, because I am a budgeter, that's what my Instagram page and my YouTube page is all about, um, that I showed I could still do a bit more. It yes. also showed me, though, for people really struggling, it is hard to do. Mm, it is. And, and, and that is a very important message to get across. Santis, do you know what I'm laughing at? You went to Tesco and there was one banana. Can I tell you something? Do you know how many bananas we eat in Ireland every day? Would you take a guess? Oh, my God. Um, a million? Eight million bananas a day what? we eat in Ireland. <laughs> and you could only find one in Tesco. <laughs> I showed it on my YouTube channel, the Caribbean Dub. I showed it that when you walked in, there was none, none of the loose bananas because I couldn't buy a packet. Yes. I had to buy a loose, like, you know, one, two, but I had two down. And I showed them, like, there's literally one banana there, you know. Oh, my God almighty. Santis, <laughs> come on, you're finished with all this. You've learned your lessons. I'm Similar. not, Jerry, and I'm going, we're going again next month. It'll be a little bit looser, a little bit laxer with the rules. And I wonder, would you join us? Oh, no. <laughs> would you be up for it now? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I talk to these people at all today now I regret every minute of no money joking I've loved your company I'll tell you what I'm up for it but listen ladies let's go 20 quid can we I, I, I will have to meet and talk about that I don't know if it's 20 quid now for one thing. oh come on I'm making an appeal to the to the bench please please take my appeal anyway I'll leave it with you I'll join you I'll join you brilliant Jerry I will Brilliant. I'm going to do it. I'm delighted now. Oh, my. Oh, this is going to be exciting now. What have I let myself in for? What have I let myself in for? Listen, you're brilliant. Thank you both for joining me on the show. My God, I take my hat off to you. You've done really, really well to last seven days on the tenor each. But you've taken many learnings from it. And as uh, we heard from Ellie, and I'd say you echo it too, Santis, it's tough. It's tough for people who are on tight budgets. And it's not easy, you know, to make it stretch. But you did it anyway. You did it. Well done to both of you. I'll be in touch, I'm sure. We'll be talking again. We'll definitely be talking again, Jerry. <laughs> God bless you both. Santa O'Garo and Ellie Christian, thank you for joining me on Late Lunch. Thank you so much. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye, bye-bye. What have I done? On to uh, my soundtrack this week. It's Greece, as you know. And here's a, a stat for you. In its day, Greece became the highest-earning musical ever taking $9 million across the USA and Canada over the opening weekend, the first weekend, $9 million. Wow. And from its release in June 78 to year end, it took $133 million at the box office, making it the highest grossing movie of 1978. In becoming uh, the number one musical, it surpassed The Sound of Music and it held the number one best-selling musical title, Uh, Listen to this, till 2017, when it was finally surpassed by Beauty and the Beast. My God, that was a long innings, wasn't it? Worldwide, I was just checking this morning, it's taken not far off $400 million. You know, even today, dribs and drabs, it's still going along. But a remarkable take for a film that was greeted so positively uh, by the critics and by punters alike. And as I mentioned yesterday, the soundtrack, which I'm featuring this week, was a massive number one album around the world with several of its tracks making their mark too. 
like this one from John and Olivia. Oh, it'd be rude to cut across that finale, wouldn't it, Louise? It'd be very rude. You just Absolutely. have to let that go to the very end. Do you remember that when she were only a whippersnapper when that it was It was my around. very first film I was brought to. Go out of that. I was that. about three. You're joking me. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Home, and I wanted to marry John Travolta. Oh, shouldn't have the world till they mm. found out what he was really like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking, John. I think I was telling joking. you I was chewing away when I got home. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to marry him. And mother said, what are you eating? Chewing gum. So, where'd you get that? From under the seat. <laughs> mommy, poor mommy was nearly sick. Get it out of your mouth. <laughs> oh, wasn't it a thing though? You know, the my immune gum. system was protected. Oh, listen, you got, never mind vaccinations, you got more antibodies from <laughs> that, that chewing gum than you ever got from anything else in your life. How many children tasted their first gum for picking it from under the seat in the in, yeah. in, in school yeah. or under the seat in the cinema? <laughs> Oh my God (laughs) almighty, those were the days. Health and safety. Oh, to the doctor, quick. Let's head for the hospital. SOS. Hey, I like those messages coming in saying, Jerry, Louise should do the 10 euro challenge with you. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, it'd be hard for you to do it. And, mm, you know, yeah. it, with your circumstances. And as plus well. the fact, you know, it's not good for the two of us to be cranky with lack of food all that Well, uh, that is the <laughs> truth, because when I do this week, as I did when I went vegetarian <laughs> or lived on the smoothies for a number of days, don't call me, Louise. I'll call you if that's OK. <laughs> I might never call you. You're right. And these things do tend to upset my system a little. But let's see what happens. I'm actually, you know, when I think about it now, why not? Let's give it a go and mm. see how it goes. Good and crack. Uh, It will. It will indeed. I'm going to do it. Just get yourself a load of chewing gum. <laughs> uh, too expensive. Sorry, it blowed the budget. <laughs> we couldn't Let's have go gum. To <laughs> <laughs> Somebody pass me on their chewed chewing gum, please. Anyway, up next on the show, the intensive care unit at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital is looking for your help. I like that thought process. Jerry. sure you could catch a few fish and uh, you grow your own veggies. They could be incorporated into the 10 euro challenge. I'm afraid already the jury, Miss Walsh, is uh, our head is going from side to side. That seems to be a no-no at the minute, but we'll have to do a little bit of negotiation on that. I like your train of thought, to be honest with you. Now, we're heading for the ICU in Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in Drogheda, one of the busiest places in the northeast and joining me is Fabian Kelly a nurse there hello hello how are you I'm really Jerry. good thanks uh, for uh, talking to me on the show today you want to make an appeal for what yes so um, we're looking to make an appeal we um, have developed a quality initiative in our ICU um, called a bereavement memory box um, so we we started this quality initiative just as a team of ourselves in ICU. Um, the idea came from was that in ICU we felt we could do more for our patients and families when it comes to end of life care in ICU. 
Um, as everyone would know, ICU it's a very it can be a very intense environment, and it can be very difficult for patients and families, particularly in end of life care. Mm. So we thought the idea of a bereavement memory box would be quite similar to the Felicon, what yes. was used for stillborn and yes. neonatal deaths, um, to provide some kind of comfort and solace to families by preserving meaningful, meaningful keepsakes and help to maintain a connection to their loved ones. This was um, when we first rolled out the memory boxes. It was just before COVID started. Mm. And this was particularly important during COVID. Um, as we all know, it posed huge challenges on our healthcare system and countless families suffered significant loss and, and unexpected deaths. But particularly in ICU, um, there was no visiting or very limited visiting. So then this created huge communication barriers and made it very difficult for families to process death and to grieve. So our ultimate goal as an ICU team was to adopt a strategy to help aid in the grieving process and allow families to treasure their memories of their loved one, acknowledge the life of their loved one and make memories and maintain that connection and also give us as staff a sense of fulfillment. Um, as COVID, we, you know, when COVID hit and, yes. and we had, we had, you know, as every hospital in the country had uh, numerous critically ill um, um, COVID patients, um, we felt that we could just wanted to give back and we wanted I like to do it. more for the family. Yeah, I really like it, I have to say, Fabian. I really do. It's, <sighs> it's, a, it's, it's a wonderful initiative. And, and, and I have spoken to COVID patients who you've nursed there and who've pulled through and told me about, you know, the diary that was kept when they were yes. in the coma, you know, and that yes. was wonderful too. So what do you yes. want from the public listening to us today? What are you looking for? So, so our, our memory boxes, they, they, they consist of a beautiful box that families can decorate if they're choosing and, and we have content. So our, our contents are we've handprint, uh, handprint wipes um, that we get a patient's handprint on the paper and we laminate and photocopy for the family members. Um, arrangements of different seeds, we some forget-me-not seeds, sunflower seeds, um, we use a lock of hair, healing stone, crocheted hearts, which thanks to the Drahada dolls, um, we are hopefully going to have an abundance of crochet hearts. Um, and what we do with the with the crochet hearts is that um, the idea behind it is that um, the crocheted a crocheted heart stays with the patient, and um, it's a symbol of um, connection and affection, and represents the love. Um, so one heart stays with the patient, and the other heart stays with the family member, so that they're always connected in that difficult time. Um, And obviously our diary, our patient diary, which was brought in as a separate initiative by one of our senior nurses, um, and that documents the patient's journey. So um, what what we're looking, what we're, you know, if if anyone in the local area um, feels that they could donate anything to our memory box, you know, we, we use teddy bears for, for children, we have healing stones. Basically, we, we try and tailor a memory box to each family.
Okay, so you, you, it's open season, really. If somebody oh, listening oh. today thinks they have something that, you know, or a range of things that could go into the memory box, you're open to all comer suggestions. We're, we're, we're open to all. It's, it's very much an evolving initiative. Yes. Um, and we're, we're open to everything. As a unit, at the moment, we, we um, different members of our ICU team, we all can, they all contribute in their own way. We've Yvonne and Pam and her lovely sister who've knitted, crocheted hearts and with thanks to the Drogheda Dolls now they're they're helping with that contribution and another nurse Ruth she makes the sympathy cards yeah Billy Joe sources seeds so it's very much um, mm. it's an initiative that's close to all our hearts in ICU and we'd love to keep it going yes um, it's not something that's routinely available across all ICUs in Ireland therefore it's it's quite unique to our ICU in Drogheda and we hope that in time, um, with the benefits of the memory box, we we be able to use them with with every bereaved family yes. in ICU. Oh, and that's great. We'd love to be able to give one to everyone, and you yeah. know maybe develop it. Um, and it could be used in all hospitals across Ireland. So, um, yeah, very much open to all suggestions, and 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 we would love to be able to source. We'd love to be able to source. Um, content locally so that yes. we're also giving back to our local community as well because at the moment the, the handprint wipes and that we're having to source quite a few things in the UK and with Brexit okay. and everything else it all gets very difficult mm. so even if anyone had um, even if anyone knew locally somewhere that um, um, uses the, the handprint wipes and and, um, and different materials that we could get locally rather than having to, yes. to seek elsewhere um, would be great and mm. we would love to be able to expand on it and and involve every bereaved family in this ah, I really love this I have to say so we, we hear what you're saying and our listeners do as well if somebody needs to get directly to you how do they get in touch what's the best way um, if they would like to, um, they could contact the ICU in Drogheda. Okay. Um, or also they could um, put a message on the Drogheda Dolls page All right. on, on Facebook. Um, and, but, you know, the ICU in Drogheda would probably be... Direct link. Um, the, yeah. the direct link, yes. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Listen, it's uh, fantastic. It, it really is. I, I wish you all the best. And the, 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 it's limitless, you know, in a way, what could be included. And I'm sure you'll consider, as I said, any suggestions that comes from anybody to add or, you know, change the way you're sourcing, yeah. as you said, what you have, mm-hmm. or new ideas as well. Listen, it's Very great. Very much so. Thank well, you. Can I... Can Go I on, just quickly. say, I, I would just like to say a thank you to everyone who has crocheted hearts, donated to our boxes to date, um, all of the fabulous people who have fundraised for our ICU over the years. We as a team and as a hospital appreciate it so much and we are forever grateful for people's generosity and the time that families have given to think of us. Um, I just want to let them aware, be aware that we do think of them and, and we are so grateful mm. um, for everything that they have done for our ICU. There's been numerous coffee mornings and yes. fundraisers and everything else. So I just want Great. to say thank you also. Ah, listen, that's nice. We leave it there today, Femi, and thank you for joining me on the show. 
Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank Take you. care of yourself. That's Fabian Kelly there, nurse in the ICU in uh, Drogheda Hospital. If you can help, give them a shout. Tomorrow on Late Lunch, Neil Waters is with us ahead of World Record Day. Niall Carroll and Cara McAdam fundraisers extraordinaire. Remind us of their story and Brona Curran. She's a local lady with a new book out. I'm chatting to her too and more besides. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. Have a lovely Wednesday. See you Thursday, 1.30. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and for... A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The 8-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.